0: What's up everyone and welcome to this edition of Viking Vibes, the St. Joseph by the Sea experience, an exclusive podcast and web series dedicated to all things St. Joe's. We're here today joined by Sean, who is the head athletic trainer over at St. Joe's and has been for the last seven years. We want to talk a little bit about your role, how your role has evolved over the past seven years, and more importantly about your brand new program, the Institute for Sports Medicine. So, Sean, welcome and thank you for being with us.
1: Thank you for having me. Excited for the opportunity and excited to talk about all the exciting things we got going on at St. Joe's.
0: So, one of the things I, I like to open with is that, as you for being a part of the C family for the last seven years, one of the big things and, and one of the motivators at C is to always give the kids access to things that they can't have or that they should have. In other words, giving them a collegiate type atmosphere, whether it's the buildings or the athletic facilities or even the personnel. So now, before we got on the episode, you had said that C is one of the few high schools in the country to even have an athletic director, excuse me, an athletic coach on staff. So talk a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you were at St. Joe's.
1: Sure. So for me, I was... Competitive athlete, my entire life. I'm, Which we can tell. I was, I was, Standing next to me, yeah. you look like there. You go. Good <laughs> for you. Thank you. Division one wrestler for a short time. Played baseball most of my life. Gymnast as a child too. A lot of a pretty common theme after uh, an athlete's competitive career is over is that identity crisis of where do I go next? Right. And, what do you and, do, and do How do I apply this work ethic and all these positive attributes of being a competitive athlete into real life and for me, I, I always knew I wanted to, some in some capacity, pursue medicine, sports medicine. So I started out my college career, biology major, bouncing around, taking the hard sciences and not really having the set direction. And uh, during that time, I was working as a personal trainer, I was bouncing between nice. corporate gyms, right. and um, it was enjoyable, and for an 18-year-old, I was... Making good money and enjoying my quality of life. But and you have adults it listening wasn't... to
0: you, of what to do, following right. regimens, right? So you got adults and, listening.
1: And it gave me a reason to train again, too, which was something that when your athletic career is over, you you struggle to find right. if you're not just trying to put more numbers in the barbell right. or add more mass to there's your no body. There's no competition, so, there's no Sunday anymore. Yeah, right. So it gave purpose to the ritual, it gave purpose to the regular going and training to the gym. But for me, I found that I wasn't really fulfilled working in just a clinical environment, whether it was physical therapy or was in any kind of rehab exercise physiology. I ended up transferring to Kane University, studying sports medicine there. I became certified athletic trainer right after graduation. And I started working at a clinical rare and physical therapy in Edison, nice. New Jersey. Right over the bridge. Um, yeah, right over the bridge. Great facility over there. I met a lot of really high level athletes I got to work with and rehab some NFL players and local Rutgers guys. And it was, it was like grad school before grad school. You and know? those are experiences think,
0: you really just can't get, right? Sure. That's like, you said NFL players mm-hmm. and stuff like, that's an awesome thing into and of itself. Absolutely.
1: So. And that I'm a big experiential learning person. Right. You, you can only accumulate so much textbook knowledge sure. and without applying it, without the real life experience. Did that for a while, and then I had the opportunity to come back home, Staten Island, New York, and uh, with the Sports Science Lab, Dr. Piazza had me over, and that's what led me into St. Joseph-by-the-Sea. As you were saying in the, in the opening, as an athletic trainer, we're a rare breed in New York City. Certain states have legislation written that require athletic trainers present at all sporting events. In, right. the, in the event that there is a medical emergency, you watch sports on TV, the first responder in the event that there's an injury or an emergency is the athletic trainer. Right. We work as a part of allied healthcare professionals. We work as a team with the team physicians. I think the biggest misconception about the profession is Within the name, right. it's a marketing issue. We hear a "trainer," most right. people hear a "trainer" and they think, think I'm of dumbbells, the one.
0: barbells, right? They, right. They,
1: they think I'm the strength and conditioning coach. I will go meet so, you at
0: LA Fitness. We'll hang out. Right. So,
1: so I started as a personal trainer when I was 18, and now as a 30 year old, I'm being perceived in, in the same way. And I think the biggest misconception is that there's a real serious medical background and emergency medical response. When I had the opportunity to go to St. Joe's, I, I was surprised to see after having lived in Jersey for several years how few trainers there really were on Staten Island and and let alone in a daily capacity. Sometimes you'll see them on the sidelines for a football, for a varsity football game, but even that is becoming increasingly rare. In
0: fairness, your point is valid, but in fairness, a lot of high schools aren't thinking in that that, return. So they don't think in that term. So they're Another credit to St. Joe's is that they're always thinking about what's next. How do we right. enhance the lives of our kids, whether they're student athletes or just students or both? Right. And that's one of the reasons why I think father always has an open mind when he's looking to enhance programs and move programs along. And that's why I think we have the new program, which I'm excited to hear about. So tell us a little bit about the transition from your day-to-day the last seven years to now being the the moderator of this new institute for sports medicine.
1: So one thought that I had when I originally started as an athletic trainer was the thing that I enjoyed the most about working directly with the high school students was the educational component. It It wasn't just do this because it'll make your shoulder better, do this and it'll enhance your knee rehab. It was the, let me give them the tools to avoid being put in the same situation that led to the injury in the first place. So that educational component was the most enjoyable to me. So I ended up pursuing another master's degree in education and finished that right after COVID. So with that, we have decided to begin the Institute for Sports Medicine in St. Joseph by the Sea. It's the first and only program like this on Staten Island. The goal is to prepare high school students. We're starting with seniors. It may expand over time, but the goal is to equip them with the tools to prepare them for whatever profession they end up choosing or pursuing in undergrad within that umbrella of sports medicine. So we're going to have occupational therapists, physical therapists, orthopedic surgeons, physician's assistants. Monthly, we'll have different guest speakers from each one of those professions. And the idea is that... When you're 18, 17 years old, myself included, you become overwhelmed with all the choices that you have. Right. And, I and wish, everybody just
0: wants to be rich, right? So it's sure, right. for sure. <laughs> you,
1: and, and and you want the experience too. But and, and a lot of times you think that or certain fields, certain professions become glamorized, and then you realize what the day-to-day life right. is like. And some people may not even realize that. Oh, I might value a, a work-life balance or being able to be there for my family or being able to choose and make my own hours. Or even now with working from home, working remotely. So I I think that if our students are given that knowledge in advance, then they'll be able to make more informed decisions going forward when they go to college and and it'll save them potentially even years with changing majors, transferring schools. So I want the graduates of the Sports Sports Medicine Institute at St. Joe's to be confident informed and prepared for whatever it is they decide to pursue when they get into college.
0: Now, that's fantastic. A couple of weeks ago, we had the pleasure of having uh, Dr. Gorglia, Dr. G was on, talking about the Institute for Scientific Research. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I had asked her, and I'm gonna ask you is, in the world of applying to colleges, talk about what that is going to do for a student who's been a part of your institute as compared to others who are just applying, and I don't wanna say applying on the blind, but when you add that credential, it just, makes everything that much more important and that much more special for that individual. So talk about the importance of that.
1: As a graduate of the Institute, you are gonna have the opportunity to actually get, as we're going back to what we were talking about, experiential learning. So on-site at St. Joe's, we have physical therapists and chiropractors. We have an on-site clinic for, open to all students, not just athletes, anyone who needs that physical rehabilitation. Through that, we've also started an internship program. So if you're a student who's interested in pursuing either one of those fields, you have the opportunity to get observation hours and work your way up and and actually have a legitimate internship. So as an incoming college freshman, you can have on your resume, I've completed X amount of hours in in observation and internship, you're already ready to go. This is someone who has seen it, experienced it firsthand and, and is making again that informed decision that this is a career I wanna pursue, I know what it takes, I have mentors in the field who have done it successfully on a high level and I'm prepared to and equipped with the knowledge for pursuing this in a way that I'm gonna be successful.
0: So as a professional that's gone through the ropes, talk about what you think this program would've done for you had it existed when you were going through this.
1: It probably would've saved me about five years of uh, frustration and confusion. Five years. But that's great, um, that's what I wanna get to because you've lived it, so. I was the student that I'm trying to cater to here where it was a former athlete with good grades and a lot of ambition, but not really a lot of direction. So if you're a student and you're not really sure the direction to take it, we are going to, on a month-to-month basis, expose them to a different profession, a different field, all under that umbrella, but they may not even be aware of certain options that they have. So being exposed to all these different options and and diving into each one and and the science that goes into them, the courses that you'll have to take, the grades that you'll have to take, the amount of time from freshman in college to postdoc or end of graduate school, they're going to know exactly what it is they have to do and the, the work that needs to be done, the grades that need to be done in, or the grades that need to be accomplished in order to get these high-demand careers. So it's multifaceted, which, oh, is, yeah. which is fantastic. Yeah.
0: Talk to me a little bit, though, about the importance overall of your work there in the past seven years. and Things from kids having an app, right. the, the student and the student-athlete being able right. to participate and get themselves either back into shape recovery from an injury. You have covered all aspects of molding the perfect kid, for lack of a better term. You want to mold the perfect student, whether that student be an athlete or not an athlete. They need to be healthy. They need to be educated. They need to be doing well in classes. So talk about your role and what C has done, in your opinion, to create a better high school student.
1: One factor that I really love about St. Joe's athletics is that when they say student athlete, they really mean the student comes first. When they come in, every athlete undergoes the Sports Science Lab's global athletic assessment. Okay. They are running through a full movement screen involving every major joint in the body. They're going through compound movements as if they would be competing athletically. So we're looking at them jump, we're looking at them squat, we're looking at them land and trying to take a proactive approach to performance and injury management rather than just saying what happened here once they're already injured. So oftentimes there are predictors of potential non-contact injuries. If we look at the way an athlete is squatting or we look at the way they land when they jump off of a platform or a box, we can see, okay, this knee is not stable or he's not able to adjust his spine when he's coming in, into a deadlift or he's squatting, so you can correct those things and get out ahead of a lot of these issues that cause chronic issues going forward. Right. We've seen, I, I think, more my generation, there was a rush to early sport specialization. okay, And we saw an entire generation really of, of pitchers, Steven Strasburg most notably, who came up with all the promise in the world and then their bodies fell apart or they right. had multiple Tommy John injuries. and. The evidence now all points to early sports specialization leads to these overuse chronic conditions that is that are cutting their career short. When makes you look sense at to think a, of it, a, oh,
0: sure, think yeah. about it. You can't tell now, but I was a former athlete. Where I used are to go you? to the gym a lot. And I, yeah, I mean, yeah. so you're not really thinking about your body. You're thinking about I was a football player, I'd say. Right. so you're thinking about the block. Right. The next tackle, right? The next sack. And you're playing bandaged, battered, and bruised mm-hmm. when you're doing all this, but as long as you got the tackle, as long as they didn't cross the goal line, we were good. If you're shifting the whole mindset of student athletes right now, right. in it's not that I neglected my body, when I was playing football and I was going to the gym, it's just that I didn't know any better, right? right. You read a Muscular Development magazine, you felt like you were the uh, you know the the greatest guy in and the world. Is, uh, muscle and fitness, right.
1: But in other words, that's what
0: we had. There yeah. was no, there wasn't a guy like you as part of the football program then right. that was saying do it this way or don't right. do it that way or this is the correct way to squat and this right. is the wrong way to do a hack
1: squat. and. We or just, even sometimes less is more. Well, that was never sometimes. the answer. Yeah, Always the, more is more. The, the minimal effective dose is, is a right. concept that oftentimes is, is very hard to deliver, but it's yeah. it's essential, especially when you're talking about uh, load management is a very controversial topic right now in sports, okay. sp- especially in basketball. But we need to consider what the athlete's baseline level of fitness is. And you can't treat everyone exactly the same. And that's going yeah. back to that's why we have assessments, because you need to know what this athlete's baseline is before you start implementing a program. And, th- and that's the beautiful thing about what we have with the partnership with the Sports Science Lab is that we have a baseline assessment, we have a sports-specific program, but we also have general program where the incoming freshmen and the underclassmen, we're working on general physical preparedness, making them good general overall movers, building the athlete before we build the specialist. And to use football as a s- specific example, when you look at the last at least three to five years of draft classes, eighty percent were multi sport athletes in right. high school. And and if you think of it, if you think of movement like a diet, you need a balanced diet. You need your vitamins, you need your minerals, you need a well you need your macros and certain percentages. More than percentages. just More than bench Yeah, percent. so so movement is the same way. You need a variety of movement in order to Build up a a body that's capable of performing athletic movements. It's not just if you're a pitcher, you're not just going to pitch all day. You need right. to think of break it down into a biomechanical perspective and think, okay, I need to be able to extend this hip. I need to have. The ability to contract and stabilize the leg where I'm landing. I need to have the thoracic rotation to get a full wind up. It's not just how much weight can I put on a bar. It's how well can I move. So move and back well in the day, all fly. we were
0: thinking is how much can we put on that bar, and right. you got all the guys around you yelling and screaming, and you yeah. just want to make sure you get it off and, the bar.
1: And, and it's ego driven, and, and and that's where the the educational component comes in. Is that you see someone lifting a ton of weight in the gym, and you think, wow, this guy's worked really hard. He's he's really strong. This girl's working really strong. And what you don't see is what's going on underneath the surface. Right. That person might be on the verge of a total knee replacement. They, 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 <laughs> yeah. they, they might be needing surgery. They might have a hard time getting out of bed every day. So- And you know, that's the, the stuff you don't see. So orthopedic health is athletic development. Orthopedic health is wellness. It, it, it's, it is the prerequisite for all other health markers because if you don't have your orthopedic health, what's gonna happen to your cardio? Right. What's gonna happen to your mental health? So. By having movement screens, by having baseline fitness assessments, by addressing the person and the general physical preparedness before getting into the specificity and, and, and the sport specific training, you are setting that person up with a good foundation where they're going to be prepared not just for high school sports, but hopefully for a life of physical independence.
0: So I want to go back to your diet analogy. I really like that. Yeah. I want to hone in on that. I don't know if you can even answer this. It might be a very odd question, but talk about how that diet that you're prescribing to these students, whether athlete or not, is making them a better student. How do you feel it's making them a better student?
1: I think the idea behind having a varied diet of right. movement or a diet of eating, you need to think, what is it you didn't like doing in football?
0: Was suicides. You
1: didn't like doing suicides, why? Because I didn't like running. Yeah, <laughs> and if we break it down even more, why?
0: Probably because I was heavy.
1: It made you tired. Your cardio wasn't good. Right. So your weakness was cardio. You liked lifting weights. You said you liked yep. lifting heavy. So you were really strong. So you had strength. Do we want to do the things we're not good at?
0: Correct. Never. No, we want, right. we, we yeah. want
1: to do the things we're good at. So having someone there holding you accountable and saying, okay, you, you already deadlift 600 pounds. We, right. we, this is... 650 is not gonna enhance your performance. It doesn't matter. But you're getting winded and you're not able to produce the same strength because you're completely gassed by the third quarter. We need to develop this cardio. So that's how it's working on the athlete, but that has transference over into everything in life. We want to do what we're good at because it's enjoyable. and, and, And if you develop that mindset of, I need to be able to do self assessments and self reflect and say, these are my weaknesses, whether it's study skills or organizational skills or you name it being, having that level of self-awareness and being able to reflect and, and self-assess is going to be a transferable skill throughout all levels of life, not just school sports, could be relationships, whatever it is.
0: Yeah, they always say being sedentary is the worst thing, right? Oh, yeah. so, so just yeah. having these, these kids going through the motions, being a part of a program, it's just gonna develop them completely. Develop them overall in ways that I guess we'll find out, but we'll segue to my next question because we had Rich Bruno here, the athletic director, and he was talking about how it's funny because it's almost like a little known secret, right? That C has all of these championship sports teams. Mm -hmm. You feel like you hear about every other high school when it comes to championship sports and C gets left behind. But the reality based on what, um, Rich was talking about is that past couple of years have been monster banner years for C in relation to championship sports. Not coincidentally, it's also been you and the team working with these athletes. So, talk about where you think the school came as a program, right? From when you first entered the doors six or seven years ago to where they are today, and how you feel that the program became a part of why the teams are becoming championship teams.
1: I think just by virtue of having a medical professional on the sidelines, you are taking that burden away from the coaches first and foremost. So if in the past, had there not been someone present to say, okay, I tested this athlete out, the ankle, it's not looking great, but we taped it up, we ran through a myriad of functional tests and she's good to go, we'll give it a try. Right. So freeing up that time, freeing up that mental energy for them to focus on what their specialty is, is coaching in terms of reducing the potential for catastrophic injuries. Athlete says, oh, I'm having some pain in my knee. Coach could say, oh, well, go to the doctor, go get it checked right. out. And, and you know, no, high no, school kids student go, really right. is, gonna, is gonna take the initiative right. for it. And it's inconvenient. Right. You know, working parents, usually working two jobs. So it, it, it's a lot to ask of general population or, or non-medically trained personnel right. to, to handle those issues on their own. So when you have someone there who's trained specifically to evaluate and treat orthopedic injuries, you're allowing them to first focus on coaching first, uh, load manage when it's appropriate, refer to the appropriate medical professional when it is necessary and potentially prevent something that would be preventable. A catastrophic injury could happen. Uh, I tell the kids all the time, little things become big things with right. compounding interest over time. So that patella tendonitis, that little ache in your knee, you could end up like Edwin Diaz where you're just jumping up and down and celebrating one day and, 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 and everything explodes. I don't take credit for- I was a, trying to get you to the, take credit for I, I, it. No, I, I, it. I, I, it's all right. Um, you don't have to. The, I'm giving you the credit. Don't worry. The, the students there are- extremely hardworking, extremely well coached, extremely well educated. And they have made my job easy because they've been very receptive to it. And I think that having the combination of the culture of the school with the education they have and having my message and, and my methods be re- received well, I think it's led to great outcomes all around. And, and that's why I'm excited to be taking on a new chapter and starting my own institute because it's, it's Very be- humble become a my home friend. Friend. Very home humble, my home. friend. Yeah. I was yeah, fishing yeah. for that <laughs> remark yeah. that
0: says, I think that maybe because of this integrated program, <laughs>
1: yeah. we're
0: now having more and more championship sports teams. So I'll say it, you don't have to say it. Yeah. But <laughs> it is interesting to point out. Shout out that
1: to girls basketball. They, right, girls, ba- <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. even
0: phenomenal. All these yeah. teams are doing great things. And like I said, for some reason that seems to always get, I don't wanna say swept under the rug, but right. C is looked at as an academic institution, yeah. as it should be because of its college program and the great things it offers. but. It should not be overlooked that there are also things in place and people and personnel in place like yourself, like sports science labs, like the chiropractic room or institute that's also existing over there, like that are all here to develop them from the world of academia into an athlete and – That's why it was interesting and that's why I'm going to give you the credit. And I'm going to say that you, the team and all these different programs have to have something to do with the fact that these kids are winning championships left and and right.
1: and, And sports should be safe. Sports should be, especially in the high school level, it should be about personal development. And if you have access to people who are knowledgeable and experts in keeping you safe and preventing you from developing chronic issues and enabling you to be a lifelong athlete. That's really my main philosophy and, and, okay. and that's what I think physical education should be about. I think that's what education and athletic competition in high school should be about. We should be thinking, how do we develop a lifelong mover, a lifelong athlete? Whether you sprain your ankle, stepping off the curb, crossing right. the street or, yeah, or, yeah. Or, or on the field, the same ligaments are involved, the same tissue. So you need to be thinking, developing the general physical preparedness, developing the mindset, developing the passion and the enjoyment for movement, athleticism, it could be kayaking, it could be tennis, it could be golf, it could be archery. Whatever keeps you moving throughout your life is not only gonna increase your lifespan, how long you live, but your health span, how long you're able to move and how long you're able to be physically autonomous. So having that factor in our athletics where your competition or your participation in sport is not going to lead to chronic pain down the road or right. it's going to it's going to reduce or mitigate the damage from playing a contact sport is potentially life altering.
0: It's funny because it seems like common sense, right? But you should be. But yeah. But yet It takes a school like C to figure out that you need to have all of these different components and different programs to actually do the development and get it done. We're looking forward to the Institute of Sports Science. And any closing remarks? Anything we missed? Because I'm sure we could keep you here for two hours. You're a wealth of information. I'm thankful that you came
1: here. I I enjoy uh, going on rants and- and, Not rants, it's all good uh, information. It's all great (laughs) stuff. It's stuff that people need to know. I I can only answer as well as the questions being provided to me. Oh, you're too kind, my friend. You've brought it out of me. No, I think, the most important takeaways here are that St. Joe's, unlike any other school locally, is really taking an interest in making athletics safe. And not only making it safe, but really focusing on that concept of student-athlete. We, we want our athletes to be students first. When you come to St. Joe's, you are going to get a world-class education, and you're going to compete in athletics at a high level. When you're competing in those athletics at a high level, you're gonna be done under the supervision of the most qualified healthcare professionals to provide that service. And the Sports Medicine Institute is a natural progression of that, yeah. because now, over the years, I've had so many students approach me and say, how do I do this? How do I do that? How do I do what, 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 you're, what you're doing? And now we're gonna have the opportunity to give them the direction and, and the actionable steps to take to whatever field they want within that that umbrella of sports medicine.
0: Perfect. So, Sean, I want to thank you for being here with us today. I appreciate your time. We're looking forward to everything that's to come with the Institute for Sports Medicine. For anybody who's listening or watching, we want to thank you for listening and watching. We want you to hit that like button, hit that share button, hit that subscribe button. Follow us and learn more at josephc.org. And also don't forget to follow the podcast at Viking Vibes. And until next time, see you
1: later. Thank you.